Welcome to the Everything Medical Wellness Podcast. Today, we will explore how a medical fitness center can partner with their hospital system to offer community mission-driven programming. Our guest, Bill Holstein, General Manager of Henry Mayo Fitness and Health, and Albert Hovell, General Manager of the SBH HealthPlex Fitness Center, will share their expertise in programming that significantly impacts the youth in their communities. Welcome, everybody, to our latest edition of Everything Medical Wellness. Um, we are sponsored with HealthPlex Associates. And today, Ryan, who's my co-host, Ryan Barr, who's at our facility in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Uh, my name is Don Doyle. I'm a senior vice president with HealthPlex Associates. And we are blessed to have two of our own this time. Um, it, it's really going to be cool for you got listeners to hear the stories of how two of our you know, local wellness centers sponsored by hospitals have done some community efforts to really affect the community and you know, do some good outside of just managing our profit and loss statements and managing the you know, patient flow into wellness. So I'm going to allow Bill and Albert to do a quick self-introduction, and then we're going to hear about their program. So Bill Holstein, why don't you start with an introduction, please? My name is Bill Holson. I'm the general manager of the HPA site in Valencia, California, uh, Henry Mayo Fitness and Health. I've been here uh, since the opening about seven years, and I've been with HPA. I've been in the industry for over 30 years. Um, I started in uh, corporate fitness and then was also in the commercial uh, end of things, um, working for a lot of uh, the commercial clubs uh, that, you're, that are out there. And then I actually opened up my own sports performance and training center uh, in the San Fernando Valley prior to coming here. Um, I really enjoy the hospital-based fitness center and the, the type of facility it is because it really think it allows us to think outside the box, look at programs that are really affecting our community and not just focused on those individuals that are just already into working out and you know allows us to really challenge ourselves to how can we touch those other people that aren't doing anything and what are some of the programs that will draw them in to a healthier lifestyle so it's been a lot of fun so far i'm really looking forward to the years ahead wonderful thank you bill and albert let's hear a little bit about your background and how you got into medical wellness Okay, um, my name is Albert Hovell. I've been involved in movement slash fitness for most of my life uh, and in the fitness arena for 25 plus years. Um, I started as an athlete. I was once upon a time a professional soccer athlete. Um, I did the commercial much like Bill's uh, background. I echo his. Uh, I started out at Equinox. Um, I then sort of moved on to developing and learning more about movement and was able to train under, you know, sort of subject matter experts in kettlebells. I trained under Blair Fedorenko for about 10 years and then with Scott Sonnen for about 10 years as well, uh, involved in the strength um, and power community at the time. Um, did some private training as well, worked with ballet um uh, dancers mma fighters uh, things of that sort uh, and for a while did uh sort of rehab work and worked with people that were being fitted and tested for you know prosthetics and sort of uh, learning um, software um i then built um, a small corporate wellness uh, company myself and i ran um, all things for zynga 
moved to Europe uh, with my wife, who uh, has the actual career, and got to be a stay-at-home dad for three years, which was wonderful. Um, coming back, uh, this job sort of like coincided with a lot of things. COVID was uh, happening, and I learned about uh, is the Medicaid <clears throat> waiver system, and uh, it was all happening at a place that um, was ridden by poverty and had a lot of needs. So I knew that uh, whatever was going to happen would be something special if it worked. So I jumped on board, and here I am. Thank you. Um, okay. So jumping back to Bill. Bill, I... At HealthPlex, we've been, um, you know, blessed to hear about you know, the impact you've had on the community with your suicide prevention program. So why don't you give us a little background of how you and the hospital initiated this program and the effect it's had on the community? The program is called Elevate. And I had a young man uh, that I coached in baseball for about eight years and uh was a heck of a ball player ended up going to high school uh had some challenges didn't see the time and and that that he thought he was going to see um went into a state of depression and eventually right after high school killed himself and um it really that hurt i mean uh i really kind of went into a spiral because this was like one of my own kids and, um, you know, I thought, you know, there's so many issues and so many problems and with social media and bullying and, and that, um, you know, we need to look at what we can do to give these kids the tools to be able to deal with the situations and make strong uh, decisions and not let their emotions, uh, you know, really bring them down. And um, so I got together with our community education from the hospital department and we created Elevate and uh, um, we created a program that was based on, you know, having the trainers, our lifestyle specialists uh, work with these young, young people and in, in, uh, on the fitness side of things. Um, and then after they're done with that, they meet with our uh, community education department, um, with our dietitians over there, and then they meet with a social worker. And uh, it's a program that we we created to think, you know, what can we do in our community? Because people don't realize here in LA County, yes, yeah, suicide's down between the ages of 15 to 24. It's down 25 percent, but it still is the third leading cause of death amongst that age group. And there is a need and coming out of the pandemic, um, people being locked up uh, and staying in their homes as long as they have, uh, already the challenge of, of the social media and the lack of ability, I guess I should say, the young adults to be able to uh, communicate verbally and spend most of it through text or you know on some social aspect. Um, so we really felt that now there's a growing concern um, and that that depression would carry over. And we're really pushing the envelope now and getting this out there and getting it out early for this year. Share with the listeners, you know, what the hospital provides for you as far as you know, support for the program. Yeah. So what we do is based on bringing the community in, the, the actual schools, 
and working with the, the schools in the community as well as our community education and what the hospital, you know, the department of the hospital at Henry Mayo, um, they do an excellent job uh, getting the information out there. And the registered dietitians are, are really spending that time teaching these kids, you know, what they eat can also affect their moods and, and how they deal with things. Um, so we get it out to the schools um, and the schools will promote it and they'll talk to their counselors and see if there's any kids that they think that may be good for the program. Um, we have an online registration. We ask the kids to write a paragraph or two why they want to be part of the program. Um, I think that's important because you have to have buy-in for the program to be successful. So we we go through and we take uh, we'll take up to 14 uh, young adults uh, and bring them into the program. It's a three-week long program. Like I mentioned, we do about an hour, hour and a half of the actual training aspect, uh, and a lot of the a lot of the activities we do, we try to partner them up and we mix them up a lot. So they they have to work with different people at the end goal and to get through that activity. Once they come out from the activity there, they sit down with the dietitian. That's generally about 30 minutes we'll spend with that. And then we finish up with uh, the social worker afterwards in a small group. Um, let them discuss some of the things that they're facing, whether it's their family, whether it's something at school, um, and talk with that. Now, we don't allow the parents to be here uh, during that time. Um, the only time they can be here is we have a uh, the first day when we get to meet everybody. And then we are going to do this year more of a graduation uh, than we've done in the past uh, to, to really uh, celebrate their success and and coming through the program. Very cool. I I know being in medical wellness, we always see, you know, progression of people that have decreased medications or increased, you know, body functions and able to support their own body weight. And we've all had stories of how people become more independent, um, you know, from their disease or ailment into wellness. But I'm sure you know, dealing with this group, it brings a unique sense of satisfaction to you. Can you talk about, you know, from you you and your staff perspective, how it's affected you guys? Well, you know, it's, I just uh, last week spoke to all the lifestyle specialists here and, <laughs> and I introduced, because I have pretty much a whole new staff and introduced them to this program. And, um, I wanted to make sure, I don't want just to feel like they have to be part of the program. I want the lifestyle specialist that really wants to be a part of this, that understands you know, how important this is to the, these young adults and to our community. And uh, it was pretty awesome to see how many people raised their hands saying they wanted to be a part of it. And it, it's very fulfilling. I mean, making a difference in someone's life I, you know, I tell people all the time, I, I don't have a job. You know, every day I get up and I come in here, we have the opportunity to change someone's life. And there's not too many careers that you really get to do that and get to see uh, the happiness and, and the, the growth of somebody uh, and based on your help. 
And that's real rewarding. And, you know, it definitely, you know, puts a smile on my face, makes my day a heck of a lot easier. Thank you so much, Bill. I, you know, HealthFlex is, is proud to be able to, you know, support our efforts to, like you said in the beginning, you know, think a little outside the box of how we can be a true partner with our community hospitals. And, um, you know, that program is just, you know, so needed across the country. I think you probably created a model that um, people all over the country can can utilize and, and benefit their population. So. It's one of those things that I hope would grow. I mean, through our first group prior to the pandemic, we saw a young man that was pulling out his hair, wearing a ski hat when he came in. And it was all because of a, a situation with his, his, his parents. Um, the mom asked if we allow him to keep his ski hat on. Halfway through, he was taking his ski hat off and showing where the hair was. And he actually had, by the end of it, not been pulling his hair out. He had met a couple more friends. And it was a great experience, and we got a nice little write-up from the parents. And, you know, those things, I think we have an obligation to think outside the box and look at our community and how we can touch that community, our community, and make a difference and make an impact. You know, we're not just a box with a bunch of equipment in it, um, but let's engage those, those individuals that are challenged and are dealing with stuff and let's let's get them involved thanks bill yeah i'll second what don said that's uh, a very impressive program elevate is uh you can tell that you have just from your voice that how proud you are of that program just seeing a need and feeling a need um within your community is very impressive so kudos to you uh with everything you're doing there and, and the success of the program and the impact you're having on your community through that program is just uh, very impressive. Uh, so thanks for your time here today, Bill. Um, and speaking of being proud of your program, um, Albert, let's uh, switch gears to you uh, over there in the Bronx in New York. Um, you have a a similar program to Bill's, um, obviously not exactly the same, but um, the uh, the purpose of the program is very similar. So why don't you talk about that a little bit today? Um, sure. Uh, the way that well, the program came about was uh, I, we regularly met with a lot of other community-based organizations that were here helping uh, to serve the community in some capacity. And to first sort of contextualize, um, you know, the narrative a bit, you know, I work in the Bronx, in the particular area of the Bronx, which happens to be the 62nd. And the reason they say 62nd is because there are 62 counties in New York State. And it unfortunately uh, has the honor of being uh, the worst at everything. So it is the you know the worst uh, health, worst health equity uh, distribution, um, uh, poverty, violence, etc. So uh, this was during COVID that um, the program came about. Um, I heard a, a presenter speak, and he happened to be the organizer and founder of a program called BRAG, and they run a now very well-known violence cessation program that uses the model of PTSD to combat um, uh, violence, and it does it at the, at the ground level. So there were already um, social workers on site at the hospital, and they're there to meet with whomever arrives, you know, that's been recently shot, stabbed, or involved um, in some type of violence. So the program BRAG exists for um, youth uh, from age 
you know, 11, as young as 11 and as old as 24. And what they do is that they provide intervention services and a lot of wraparound services in order to, you know, help uh, steer their life into a better direction and give them options. And they do it at the hospital. Uh, and all the people that work for Bright Program were themselves at some part, at some point in their lives, part of, you know, the problem that they're now trying to combat. So I called up after this presentation, uh, David Kava invited him to lunch and we hung out, talked and devised a program that we thought could serve uh, the community. I happen to have a bit of a background uh, with uh, training fighters and sort of getting them fit for that type of uh, engagement. And obviously boxing is something that's quite attractive to uh, young men. So we developed a program wherein uh, the basis of it was going to you know, follow suit to their larger programming and it was built in with uh, the hospital. So we met on Thursday nights and Friday nights uh, when you know the propensity for violence is the highest. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the nights it was conditioning work that we designed and the other uh, evening it was actual learning the technique of boxing. And we sort of modeled uh, the entire program in such a way that there was buy-in from uh, the community and uh, part of the program uh, which ran for uh, 24 sessions, you know, met twice a week, included a membership to the gym. So, you know, the the participants were part of uh, the other classes that we also were teaching for the community. So it became a, a sort of well-rounded program, and we were able to deliver that successfully for four cohorts and sort of expanded on that program, which, you know, I'm happy to say now is happening. Very nice. Uh, yeah, you, you spoke um, in detail about it at the HealthPlex Associates annual conference this year. Um, can you share some of the participant stories that you did at the conference? Um, you know, there wasn't, I don't think, a participant involved in in, in this particular program, um, you know, who hadn't lost uh, a dear uh, someone in their life, most of them multiple. A lot of them had been shot, uh, you know, and or stabbed critically and, you know, didn't see a way out. And mind you, we're... Um, we're not the, the beginning point uh, for Bragg. We're sort of somewhere in the middle. So they're already um, involved. Uh, they have a grading system, one to seven, and we work with the fours and fives. You know, people who essentially are not, you know, one step away from uh, stabbing someone again, uh, to put it bluntly. And the reason I contextualize that is that that's sort of part of the reason for the program, to give people that aren't quite there yet uh, a reason to want to get there and to sort of show them that, you know, something else is possible. So, you know, some of the stories really had more to do with like their personal plights. Uh, you know, along the program, we realized that uh, a lot of uh, the kids were having, you know, um, sort of shocking uh, blood sugar drops and, you know, come to find out that uh, they hadn't eaten anything all day. And, you know, the program starts at seven o'clock at night. And that's because, you know, they're preparing food for uh, their brother and they rather their kid rather eat that themselves, you know, and they're choosing to be here instead of, um, you know, the street where, you know, just maybe a year ago they were, you know, making in cash, you know, a good amount of money enough to feed themselves uh, as well as they want, but they're making better choices. So, you know, we were able to, uh, with the help of the hospital, to sort of uh, prepare meals for them and snacks that they would have before, you know, the class and afterwards. And, you know, it was a regular thing where, you know, the staff of trainers that were here were always around, uh, like after the sessions, just to kind of, you know, give these, these kids are all, uh, for the most part, 14 to 19 years of age, uh, young men uh, at first only. Now it's grown into uh, an all-female as well but you know they just kind of wanted to talk to someone who uh, 
maybe had something else that they want to hear that looked like them, you know? So uh, we were able to do that. And um, a lot of the kids themselves are now sort of mainstays of uh, the gym. You know, they, they come here and they work out and they participate in the other classes where ironically enough, some of our older doctors that, you know, treated some of these patients are also taking classes with them, you know, because that's how we got a lot of like the older doctors who want to hit things because they were like, you know, it's violent. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't have to be. It could be about like the discipline and, and learning how to breathe and, and interacting. So, you know, they sort of uh, help each other along and they have a nice little relationship. Like Bill was talking about um, with just getting your your staff involved and seeing how it uh, how the outcomes of this pro these programs affect your community and, and your staff. Do you, and so with with your particular program, you talked about the doctors that were involved, but you're, just your overall staff, how, how they've been affected by this through the through the uh, through their time with it. Well, for them, it's it's a great opportunity to give back because, uh, you know, it's uh, something kind of unique about being here is that all the staff um, live here. They're, they're, you know, from the neighborhood. So they went through the same same type of uh, places. That's another thing that makes it special for, you know, the BRAC participants uh, in particular is that, you know, they went to the same high school at times. So they enjoy it. And we were able to also use that program as a catalyst to develop more programming that was more general, you know, for the community and just fitness classes that use, uh, you know, uh, the technique of boxing or, or other martial arts to get people to move. And uh, so now we have uh, more classes that we offer that are, you know, boxing conditioning type classes, as well as three other programs that are, are getting uh, some type of support as far as subsidies um that are similar but they're serving different populations so you know we now have a boxing program uh with little kids that are 10 to 13 and uh, this is in particular with an organization called lantern and what they do is that they help to uh house people that were in transition or previously homeless so all these kids are either have been part of the system have been orphaned or were homeless and now live in these community uh living facilities so we're uh, doing a program similar to Bragg, but that's more about developing, you know, a sense of self and things of those nature, you know, proper nutrition, things like that, while learning how to box. So we're doing that. Where with the Bragg kids, it, the, the program that I started talking about, uh, that had more to do with giving them a place to engage in boxing. We're actually trying to prepare a few of them for actual competition. I can tell you guys <laughs> that HPA is proud that you know, we can offer through our communities these programs. And I'll tell you something I learned today from the two of you is it's not just a one and done. I can see the impact that it's had on your staff, on the community, and on the participants. And I'm sure it doesn't end with their, Bill, if it's your graduation or Albert, when the program is through, because I can see that you've, you know, some programs have spun off this in the Bronx with the, the little kids boxing and you know, the impact and, and some things that we probably don't think about in the medical wellness realm is, you know, stuff that affects our communities prior to them coming into the gym. And um, it's that, you know, whole theory that everyone has a story, you know, when they come in and, you know, to hear Albert, it was impactful for you to say, you know, some of these kids don't know where their next meal is coming from. And, you know, if we can start to correct some of those issues, boy, even a greater impact. So, you know, really cool to see that, you know, we're doing things not just managing a fitness center's profit and loss statement. We're partnering with our hospitals and foundations to make a difference in our communities. And um, 
something that's really cool. And that's a great story that you guys told. And again, um, yeah, thank you for your participation. And hopefully our listeners, you know, got some value out of what you did and they can go back and, and make impacts in, you know, their communities. So thank you from HealthPlex Associates, our co-host, Don Doyle and Ryan Barr and Bill Holstein and Albert Jovell, our guests today. And again, thank you to our listeners for you know, being there to hear Everything Medical Wellness. Thank you for tuning in to the Everything Medical Wellness podcast. If you would like more information on the community mission-driven programming that was shared today, please visit our website at healthplexassociates.podbean.com.